updates on what's happening in the world of motorcycle racing. You know how fast you're going? Industry news, trends, the people involved. I'm Ricky Carmichael. This is Kevin Schwartz. This is Josh Timoth. This is Kelly Smith. This is Travis Latron. This is Jeremy McGrath. And now, Pit Pass Radio. Hello again, everybody. It is Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly. Scott Casper with you in studio alongside me, my assistant, my helper, my lifetime friend, Tony Wink. Tony, how are you? Pretty well, thank you. Across the way from you in our palatial studios here at the iHeart Studios is P.J. Duran. We start the week off. P.J., you obviously you've had a busy week. We've had some cold snaps here in the Midwest, but uh, nonetheless, you've been keeping your thumb, as it were, on all the breaking news from the world of uh, Superbike and others. Go ahead. Yep. Upcoming, the big news is MotoGP season's about to kick off with round one in uh, Qatar, the uh, Arab Emirates, and we also have... We are 11 days out from the Daytona 200. That's big news for everybody who's a fan of uh, road racing here in America, and which means only nine days out till our AFT series kicks off uh, with their race. Well, they're not kicking off, but they're having a race in Daytona. <laughs> yeah, a little bit of a race, by the way. How many years is it now, Tony? I mean, the Daytona 200 is the kickoff, if you will, and it just goes on and on and on. So many great racers make it a point to include this in their if um, in their their calendar of events over their career. Uh, have you ever been tempted to race the two hundred? <laughs> no. Were uh, you going to race? You know? you know, that's a subjective uh, statement you just made. Whether or not it is the kickoff, because you it know, is it's, for me. It's. It, it definitely is the kickoff of road racing in the United States for the season. season absolutely. And it used to be the proper AMA kickoff, unfortunately, as we know. Not anymore. But I don't see that that's all bad. I think it has its place in uh, American road racing. I just don't know that it has its place in um, Moto America. So I don't I don't have a problem with it, honestly. I think it's and it's and it's fun. It's, it's a, one, a one-off. It's a one-off that we – and that's what it should be because it's definitely not a sprint race like, like the other races that – uh, Moto America handles so it's uh, I think it's cool there's been a lot of stuff going on this weekend well before we get to it I will tell you this that uh, drivers who switch to Allstate save an average of 356 bucks a year Tony always looking to save money let's go to the results as you know them from the weekend nice plug all right so we had in the uh, Atlanta Supercross huge crowd 250 Supercross showdown results include Adam C. and Cirillo coming out on top. Nice. Dylan Ferrandis was second, Austin Forkner. So this is an east-west thing. Forkner has won and led, I think, almost every, every lap. And he got within, every hole shot. He has done everything. Until this weekend. And t- until and, he had to run against the West. Yep, he did. Uh, Cooper, who was it? it he he he. It did end up finishing first in the heat race, but it uh, he had to definitely work for it. And then um, it was pretty good racing for them guys. I'm not too stoked on the track. Um, the, the corners were really rutted, and, and the sand, you know, I'm not a huge fan. of. I've said this before, of having the sand sections in Supercross because, you know, like this weekend they come in, and, and pretty much if you're – there was it was one line, and if you are behind a guy, you basically had to back off because you're getting blasted and, in, in, you know, the sand's blowing up in your face. So I don't think it made for good racing, but we did see – some pretty good racing. It was interesting to see the East-West thing. And then in the 450, Cooper Webb is just on fire. He 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 finishes first with Baggett and what, Muskin. Any so. surprise there for you? It's an all-KTM. All-KTM uh, podium. and That's pretty cool. It's starting to look like Cooper's title to lose. I mean, if you look at the results, he's got four or five wins versus Tomac's the only other guy. 
with wins. Yeah, oh, but well. I, I mean, it's it's early. It's it's mid season, and there's a tight group. I I concur. I think that that it's Cooper Webb's race or, or series to lose. So I'm I'm excited. I'm headed down to Daytona on Thursday. Thursday. I fly out for the for the Supercross and. And uh, I'm actually going to go race the GNCC on Sunday. So I'll be in Dallas. Are we on the same flight from Des Moines to Dallas, or are you skipping out going to Atlanta first? I'm flying that direct flight, bud. Nice. Yeah. Uh, so the cheap flights with no no cushion. You got um, it. Austin Forkner, I want to talk about him just a little bit out of Richards, Missouri. Currently number one in the standings with 99 points, three season victories. Is this the future of 250? Is Are we seeing the emergence of a 450 star? Not yet, but he is definitely the the man. I think I I, I know Cian Cirillo, his teammate, beat him this weekend. But um, I think that uh, yeah, if Mitch Payton's going to win a championship this year. Yeah, boy. Yeah. I mean, finally he's going to be fun in Vegas. I mean, they yes. it is totally teed up for yes. That it's going to be a, a knuckle fight. Forty one points separate the two. By the way, forty one points. So you got an East uh, leader. In, in points, and then you have a West leader in points. Yeah. And that's where the shootout becomes important, right? Yeah, Forkner's on fire, too. He's doing really good. And and I, I want to touch on one thing, and I want to get to Bice because he's on hold, but uh, Harley-Davidson bought Stasic. You know, my daughter has, has been riding. We went down to Ponca City for a, a race for a Loretta's uh, deal qualifier last weekend, and my kid just rode her Stasic around until the thing was dead. <laughs> Harley bought this thing, and, and I see online – all I see is negative comments about Harley buying this thing, but I really think it's it's smart. It's and I, very smart. I think it's good to get people. We got to get kids. The, I'll tell you this: the 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 major four or five it is now. Honda, manus, Kawasaki, KTM, Suzuki. Yeah, the, those dealers I don't see are being proactive in a lot of cases. I don't know the Harley dealers are either, but it definitely gets that mini bike in front of. Harley, a different audience, a, a new audience, and and Harley's this tag teams nicely with their recent release of their Livewire road bike. They are going all in on electric. They are clearly showing their hand. They want to be the leader in the electric motorcycle. The thing is, is the Harley gr- group is getting old, and they're not riding like they they're, are. You, and, in other words, they're aging. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when I'm the young guy in the group, and I'm 41. We got problems. You I know? don't want to ride so, some dad road 30 years ago. All right, let's get to our guest, can Let's we? go to our very first guest of the program. And you are listening to an Evergreen Podcast production of Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly. Scott Casper, PJ Duran in studio, along with our uh, our pal Tony Wink. Our producers on this very program include Jack and Leanne DeLeon. Our contributors include Chris Bishop and Tommy Boy Halverson. Our first guest, Tony, is a young man that, uh, well, we respect the heck out of him. And both of us, by the way, had him in our phones when we needed him the most. <laughs> Sean Bice joins us. Sean, how are you? Hey, I'm doing great, especially getting on with you guys. It, it, it rocks my world. So really? I'm glad to talk to you. Oh, yeah. Okay, well, sadly, we're out of time, so <laughs> you... Uh... That's all I needed. I just needed to hear what you guys were talking about, and I'm feeling good. We got nothing. <laughs> Welcome back, man. It's been a while. Thank you. Yeah, it has been a little bit, yeah. You're known as, known as the Moto America Storyteller, and that all by itself... Um, and and if we if we talk to like we talked to Chris last week, right? And John, his dad, those are guys that can tell some serious stories. But you, there's a bit of, um, I want to say, a bit of romance uh, that that pair that up with the passion you have uh, for storytelling within Moto America. I think that works not just for me, but a whole lot of folks. 
Yeah, I mean, for me, I, I think it's probably not necessarily story. Well, it's storyteller, but it's story repeater. You're right. Uh, the Elders have some great stories, and I listen to them, and I write them down and share them with other people. That's kind of the way I do it. But creating my own stories, not, not so much, but I, I definitely love to ask questions and find out what everybody else is all about. So, uh, yeah, I really enjoy it. It's, this is it. It's, it's, this is fire in the belly time for me. I mean, mm. I, uh, I had a long career in advertising, and I used to write about brands, and, you know, I believed in them. I, I have to believe in stuff to write about them. But, man, I finally landed on something that I just care about more than, you know, almost life itself. I just, it's just fantastic. I, I really am having a good time. So, um, it's been terrific. And this season is shaping up to be a, a, an absolute cracker, Sean. We've got some... Some guys on new uh, new machines. The you know guys have moved away from teams. Uh, some new talent has come into the series. I, what's the most compelling part of uh, the upcoming year for you? You know, I think probably all of that is terrific. Uh, I think the big thing is this recent news that we finally announced our TV packages, which um, I still don't know how Richard Barner, one of the partners, and Chuck Axland, who had a lot to do with it, put this together to have racing our moto america racing on essentially two competing networks on fox sports 2 and on nbc sports network now the product's a little different on each of those and to have a streaming package too which which i really think is kind of the wave of the future i'm sure you guys feel that way too with a lot of people cutting the cord but there really is no excuse for people to you know not be able to see moto america and hopefully it's going to uh, introduce the sport and, and our particular version of the sport to a lot of new new people. We're hoping for that. For I think sure. what so. I think what we're seeing though is the need for product, right? Um, and and then we're talking about televised product on all the different platforms. And it's a little thin out there in some instances, but I think that makes well. I think the door is wide open for all disciplines within motorcycling. Yeah, we, it was tricky for us with being sports. I mean, they were a great partner, and we, we really lamented not being able to continue with them, especially because, you know, we, we, we had the buy-in with, with World uh, Superbike and MotoGP, and it was kind of cool to have one location for it. But the thing is, MotoGP and World Superbike deal with uh, TV broadcast partners all over the world, and, you know, being sports is only one part of that, right. whereas for Moto America, being sports was critical uh, in, in our country, obviously, so we kind of had to go a different direction. And we have, you know, we, we've had mostly positive comments. There have been a couple of people, surprisingly, that have said, oh, just when I finally figured out you're on BN Sports, you're not on there anymore. And I, it surprises me a little bit because, I don't know, you'd think they'd want to be on something that's a little bit more more known, like, like Fox and NBC, for sure. And then, you know, it's a pretty affordable deal on the streaming option as well. Um, the so. the adage uh, you cannot please everyone all the time uh, applies <laughs> very clearly well. to those people who because uh, quite frankly yeah I'm I'm disheartened uh, by the the turn of events with BN myself as a customer who loved yeah. having everything in one spot your your yep. point is valid it was wonderful it's not working out that way for everybody and. And, yeah, uh, our hats are off to the entire uh, Moto America crew for what they've done to get such a great and robust package together. It can only help the teams, I have to imagine, in their marketing endeavors. But what we're hearing, and I think I think this is 
probably more true than not. It's just frustration in that they finally figured it out. Now we move. It's like when you say, I got, you know, my job is to make ends meet, and then finally somebody moves the rope. Well, in this case, you know, we did what we had to do when we needed to do it. Now we have a better package, and we should be able to satisfy that many more and draw that many more fans back into the sport. Agree or disagree, Sean? I totally agree, and you know one of the cool things is is that on the surface it's like, wait, how can you have how can you have racing on two different networks? Well, the product is actually going to be different. And I, I spent about an hour on the phone with uh, Dylan Gray today, who I'm sure you guys know sure. had a lot of involvement with MotoGP with After the Flag and the stuff he's done. And we, we kind of talked about what he's planning to do with that hour long show on uh, on uh, NBC Sports Network, and it's. It's obviously a little different than what's going to be on Fox Sports 2, which will be the coverage of the race. The His hour-long program is going to probably break down the race and also have a lot of uh, kind of paddock life and really make it feel like, it's, without being at the track, the next best thing to being there. And hopefully, hopefully we'll get people to say, boy, i got to go to a race because that looks like a lot of fun. So um, it's kind of cool that it's uh, some different products depending on where you... Well, we're seeing that in football. We're seeing it in baseball. I mean, yeah. it, 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 no longer can one network truly afford uh, to, to own a, an entire football season. We saw that with Fox. ESPN lost money last year, scheduled to lose millions of dollars this year because they're overbuying. They're overpaying for a limited product. And, and I think we're probably going to see you know, racing catch up to where it needs to be. But at some point there, there will be, you know, diminishing return. And we have to be, we have to be cognizant about that. It costs money to put guys with cameras on tracks. Right. Exactly. You know, and the other part of it too, I mean, you guys touched on it with what Harley Davidson's doing with that little electric bike, which is pretty cool for them. Um, you know, we, we have liquid Molly junior cup, which, you know, we're, we're trying to introduce a younger generation to the sport and, you know, Wayne's always said, you know, he raced from a young age, Wayne Rainey, but, he, man, if he had something like that when he was a kid, you know, it would have been <laughs> something for him. So there's a lot more opportunity now, even than there was. You know, we touched on it a little bit when we had that the Rookies Cup, the U.S. Right. Rookies Cup uh, years ago, the J.D. and those guys did. But now that Liquid Molly is, is terrific, and we get, you know, riders, that the minute they get of age to come in there, you know, they, they're chomping at the bit to do it, so... Um, we're pretty happy about that. Easier to sneak it out of the garage, too, without waking the parents on a Sunday morning. Because, <laughs> oh, you mean an electric bike? Yeah, I'm just saying. If, I mean, do you remember? Fortunately, Ro- children can't tune into us because, yes, you're giving away the farm there. <laughs> but, I mean, think about it. Do you remember going all the way down at the end of the block before you kick-started that bad boy? And blah, blah, blah. Yep. Okay. Our guest, Sean Bice, we go back to Tony Wing. Tony, this is a, a unique opportunity. I think one of those bellwether years, too, for not only Motor America, but motorcycle racing and coverage on television. I hope so. And, and Sean, you've you've got a story to tell, and, and you paint the picture for a lot of the fans. Um, talk about uh, Off Track with Carruthers and Bice. I think that's... That's uh <laughs> Why I have to do my monthly laugh when I'm listening. <laughs> uh it's it's an interesting it's an interesting combination, let me put it that way. Paul and I are quite different from each other, but you know, I think a lot of him and I respect him a lot for his years in uh working at Cycle News, but we're definitely two different characters and uh I you know, I just have to be me and he just has to be him, but um it, it's the cool thing I like about it is we completely focus on Moto America, so, you know, we don't get off on any other tangents about racing, although, you know, we, we could, but obviously we're trying to promote 
our series. So, uh, you know, we have a good time with it. I don't know if you guys have listened, but, um, you know, we have fun, that's for sure. Um, it's, it's been it's been enjoyable. And we get to do pretty in-depth uh, interviews with, with riders. Uh, we did, you know, one of my favorites, of course, was the one we did with Wayne. Um, we've been trying to get him on for <laughs> since the beginning, and it took 17 of them before. He doesn't like to do them, dude. I mean, have you noticed <laughs> no. that? The one guy yeah. we need to talk is the least likely to get on. I agree with you. And the thing is, the guy doesn't have to say too much. He could be reading the phone book, and everybody wants to listen to him. We'd all hang on every word be like, oh, he's in the ills. It's amazing. Hey, one of the other things I wanted to talk to you guys about real quick, if I could, you mentioned about Daytona, and I did want to say, you know, um, I appreciate the fact that you guys pointed out the fact that, you know, it obviously isn't the start of the Moto America season. But, you know, we definitely embrace that that race. I mean, especially this year, my gosh, we've got so many Moto America riders that are going to compete in that right. thing that it's really going to be fun. It's almost like a, a preseason test for some of these guys since we're not doing a preseason test this year. Obviously, they're on 600s and not superbikes, but it's still going to be really cool to see all those guys out there. It is, and the, and the lineup is... It's hard to be a motorcycle fan, a uh, road racing fan in America, and not be a fan of this particular year, this version. I mean, every year it has been good. Um, as a, a real fan, I can say right after it, it left Moto America, it looked a little lost for the first year or two after that. They've right. completely gathered it up and made it a real event that guys want to, first of all, racers want to race in. They've made it a, a reason to go. There's enough money out there that really fast guys want to get off the bench and go ride. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm going to have my eyes glued to that. It's weird because the Indy, uh, Indianapolis Supercross is that weekend, and that's the closest Supercross to me. So I uh, I may go to that, but I also might might have to try to be on Fans Choice TV while I'm over there if I do do, do both. But um, uh, yeah, we're, we're all looking forward to it. So yeah, we definitely embrace that at Mortal America. We don't you know, we consider that it's, you know, it's part of American road racing, and it's so iconic that, uh, you know, you can't help but love it. So, it's, Who's your bet? Yeah. Got any guesses so, who's going to win? Well, I think you guys probably know who my sentimental favorite is. I wrote a little story about him. He's a guy I worked with, and I do want him to get his revenge from, I believe it was 2006, with that shiny crankshaft. I know you know who I'm talking about. Mr. Hayes, riding for his wife. Yeah, um, and you know that's a, that's going to be a pretty stacked team too because you know I, you guys probably know that, or or maybe you don't, but you know Chuck Chiquetto's involved in that, and some of the crew from the Westby team are helping out with that. So um, you know Ed Sullivan, the crew chief, is is fantastic and knows Daytona real well. Does you know goes past there himself, so they've definitely got some support going for him. But I mean, there are a lot of guys. I mean, I'm glad Jeff May's coming back and getting involved in it. And, you know, the M4 Suzuki guys are going to be involved. So it's, there's a lot of good ones. But I have to say, Mr. Hayes, I, I want him to continue because, you know, he, he's not retired yet. He'll tell you that. So <laughs> Yeah. He's the fastest and, retired And none guy. of us no, want it. No, none of us want to hear uh, what it, what I, happens at home uh, to him Melissa if he doesn't him. do the business. <laughs> I thought Melissa told him that he was retired. Okay. I, I don't think he wants anybody to tell him he's retired. But, uh, <laughs> Certainly not Melissa. Well, how about the pressure of having her, her as his boss, though? Yeah, that's oh. what I'm saying. It'd be a long year for him if uh, if it goes bad. So successful <laughs> is she, by the way. 
I remember. Do you remember when she came out and we did the, what? Tony, what was the fundraising effort we did with uh, with her? I think just to go racing or something. GoFundMe. Yeah, GoFundMe go deal. To, yeah. To, to, and I thought that was pretty it. cool. It, what it did, absolutely. All right, Sean, up against the clock. Uh, people you want to thank besides Paul Crothers? Paul, well, I want to thank you guys for having me on. I, I love it. You guys are the best. Um, and and. And uh, also, uh, you're, you're getting me in, you're getting me interested in a little bit of wrestling. I'm following your Twitter handle. I'm like, what are these guys in these suits? They're all sweaty. But I guess, I don't know. I only pay attention because of you. So. That's all, Scott. That ain't us. That's oh, I know I the successful I'm guy in the studio. Yeah, we don't want to get too close to him. Anyway, Sean, always good to talk to you, brother. Thank you so much. You are firmly ensconced in my cell phone now. We will be calling a little more frequently. Okay. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. Chuck uh, Paul Carruthers hard on the shoulder and tell him we said hey. Off track with Carruthers and Bice. Look for it, uh, of course. Sean Bice, the Moto America storyteller, has been our guest. Mike Alessi is scheduled to come on next. I don't know. Do we have him yet, Jack? Yeah, he's confirmed. Is he confirmed? Okay. Yeah. Well, Sean, I, I, apparently Mike Alessi's coming up next. The career that began in 2004. Where is it today? We'll talk, talk to him and tell you more after we get back. Stay tuned. It is Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly, part of the Evergreen Podcast Production System. Stay tuned. Hey, this is Mike Lessie. You're listening to Pit Pass Radio. Hey there, and welcome to the Joy of Paddle podcast, hosted by me, Minter Dial a veteran of the paddle tennis world, and sponsored by Paddle 1969. Whether you're a paddle tennis aficionado, just beginning or have never even heard of paddle, or padel as it's called in North America, this is an exhilarating new show that delves into the captivating stories of notable paddle personalities worldwide. In its inaugural season, you'll be treated to exclusive anecdotes, valuable tips, life lessons, and humorous moments shared by esteemed professional paddle players industry insiders, and passionate paddle enthusiasts. With each season aligning with a pro tour, you can anticipate two engaging episodes per month. The Joy of Paddle Podcast is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, where you can find other great shows in a number of categories, such as sports, health and wellness, true crime, and fiction. To find out more about Evergreen Podcasts, go to www.evergreenpodcast.com. Vamos! Vamos! 